Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello, JRA fans. We've had a little bit of life happening this week and did not get the chance to record, so please enjoy this episode. A throwback to MBR and uh, this is the Vapor Trail 125 episode with Tom Purvis, Andrea, Jeff Kirkhove, and Matt just talking about race reports and uh, all things Vapor Trail 125. If you are interested in the race, it's coming up September 9th and 10th, and you can read more at VaporTrail125.com, and it benefits Salida Mountain Trails. So check it out and enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of MBR and. Today it is MBR and the Vapor Trail 125. For this special recording, there's myself, Matt, normally on JRA. There's Andrea, normally on JRA. Today she's going to be the uh, current women's Vapor Trail champion. Uh, you, you hold the course record for the new course. The new course, yeah. And then also with us is Tom Purvis, who is the event. Um, he is the head cat herder, typist, and Vicky dad. And, and Salida's <laughs> best kept secret. <laughs> and also is Jeff Kirkhove from Ergon, who is the uh, Ergon is a big sponsor of the event this year. Um, so with all that said, we'll kind of start at the at the top and go in. Why don't one of you that know what you're talking about tell us what what the race is and how long it's been going on? That sounds like a Tom Purvis question. That's a Tom Purvis, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. When we first created the event in 2005, we called it a mountain bike ultra endurance and enduro. We used the word enduro. We were kind of patterning that off of what enduro kind of used to mean before all the enduros took it over. But it was a, it was supposed to be ultra endurance. We were expecting it to take people. 18, 20, 22 hours to finish. Uh, I don't know that we ever envisioned anybody doing it in 12 hours as, you know, the 12 and change is pretty much the uh, current record. Um, but yeah, it was meant to be, uh, we all loved night riding and racing. We were all into 24 hour racing. We just wished it was a little more adventure so that when you were out in the dark, you weren't going to be back at headquarters in a 45 minutes or whatever. So. Uh, so that was the idea. Just make it something a little wilder than what was there already. And with that, you said it was started in 2005. Uh, we talked a little bit off air. 2007 is when you really accepted that formal role as a lead typist cat herder, right? <laughs> so you make it sound a lot more romantic than it was. <laughs> the email sender. I, I, yeah, I became a master of email sending. But yeah, those years from 2007 through 10 or so, it was pretty much my show. I will say I have talked to other participants and they look forward to the Tom Purvis emails every year. They're like, <laughs> I only entered because I wanted to get the emails from Tom. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was not very productive this year. I <laughs> promise to get back on that. And with that... um. For those of you that don't know, the event does have an entry fee, but the entry fee is 100% donated back to the community. Um, I don't exactly know where it goes within the community. but Salida Mountain Trails. All right. So it's a fundraiser for Salida Mountain Trails. And up until this point, 
the employer of the three of us, not Jeff. Jeff, does, we're the three of us are in a kitchen. Jeff works for Ergon. Everyone knows that. But uh, Absolute Bikes has covered all of the event costs, so the hundred percent of the proceeds could go to Salada Mountain Trails. Correct? Yeah. Well, we we do recover some of the costs out of entry fees. Oh, okay. So, some. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. But now Ergon is coming in and helping with media, taking really cool photos. Um, and some money, which is really in effect going straight to Salida Mountain Trails because, it's, right. you know, it's uh, so, yeah, it's just helpful. It keeps the event more profitable. Um, this year, we're going to have our numbers up and it's going to be profitable again, just from a number of entry standpoint. But uh, we usually give between like three and six thousand dollars to Salida Mountain Trails at the end. It's a good chunk of change. Yeah. And then another uh, little thing to um, add in, we've kind of missed the, maybe the, we've, we've buried the hard part. It's Vapor Trail 125. So Andrea's done the event a few times. You tell us. Twice. A, that's a few, okay. a couple of times. <laughs> um, it feels like a few. A pair of times. A pair of times. <laughs> yeah. With a pair of finishes under her belt, Andrea will now tell us all about the course. Minute by minute. <laughs> all right. We'll grab some popcorn. Uh, so you just want like a course report sort of? Well, okay. act like someone doesn't know what the event is. We all, right. all are assuming people know what Vapor Trail is. First, it starts at 10 p.m. So it does. Important. It starts at 10 p.m., which I feel like is one of the hardest things as uh, if you are, a, and hopefully if you're entering Vapor Trail 125, you are an experienced 100-mile racing person, or at least you've done like a couple. And generally those things start at 6 or 7 in the morning. So you wake up, you have enough coffee that you can, you know, like do some stage one weight, weight reduction. Uh, you <laughs> might eat a bagel or some oatmeal, and then you go race like right away. That's the hard thing about Vapor Trail. Like hard thing number one is that you have to wait until 10 p.m. to race. So people have different, uh, you know, strategies for you know napping and eating and whatever. Uh, that's just something you got to figure out on your own is how you're going to start a big race at 10 p.m. Um, but you roll out of town. You have uh, I don't know maybe three or four miles before you have a little break for final, like a neutral bathroom stop, clothing adjustment sort of thing uh, out by the Salida airport, mm -hmm. because that's where like the famous race participants fly into the Salida airport exactly uh, <laughs> in their private, in their private jets. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you roll out and, you know, a few miles after that, uh, the race starts and you start climbing and you basically just keep climbing. Um, you just climb forever. Like the whole race is climbing. I don't, I don't know how Tom made a course that was 125 miles of only climbing, but that's True. pretty much what it is. Like until you get to Silver Creek on the Monarch Crest Trail, it's all climbing. So, you know, the, like a hundred miles of climbing basically <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. Um, you go way into the back country, which is, I'm sure we'll talk about the kind of like the resume application process. Um, why that exists because the course goes into some places where if you were like, oh, I need a bottle hand up, um, you would be shit out of luck for hours, for hours. <laughs> so, you know, you, you have to be able to take care of yourself. You need some experience with being, um, on your own for a while. 
So, you know, that's, that's an important part of the race. And that's what makes the race really cool is that it's not, uh, it's not a race for everyone. Like you might've raced hundred mile races and you're like, well, I, I don't really want to be in the back country at two in the morning. Like that's just not my thing. And that's okay. Uh, not everyone likes getting punched in the face. So gotta be like, you gotta <laughs> like walk your bike too. Yeah. So there's a little hike a bike, uh, just a little, you know, if you're doing it right, like for my, for my, um, for my course record setting pace, I walked, um, multiple parts of the Colorado trail, like just relatively short, but really steep pitches. It's like, well, I'm not going to blow myself up here. I'm going to go slow. I just get off and walk. It's like, well, I might be able to make this up, make up this in like, I don't know, the 30, 42 or something, but I'm going to, I'm going to burn a match and I don't want to do that right now. So, you know, it, it really, uh, if you're smart, you hike your bike before you get to the long hike a bike, um, on the course, which is, it's approximately an hour, 40 minutes to an hour, depending on how fast you hike a bike. And it gets, it takes you to the top of Granite Mountain and you go down the Canyon Creek trail, which is a really, really, really fun descent. And my pro tip of the day would be commit to the rut. (laughs) (laughs) So true. So how, how many feet of climbing total are in vapor? 13, 13, 13,000. It's actually 17 by my Strava, um, Strava examined my. See, people ask me that and I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. It climbs the whole way to Silver Creek. (laughs) Uh, It's, I see my, my strategy is always to not, Think about how much climbing is in a race because if you name it, that gives it power. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think that's true, but it's it's actually hard is the takeaway. It's a very hard event. Um, it's difficult. You do it really hard. The Canyon Creek descent is a hard descent when you're fresh during the day. And you do it when you've been riding your bike. You do it you know, just before sunrise or at sunrise when you've been riding your bike since 10 PM, um, the day before. So, you know, it's, it's difficult. Like that part's tough, like mentally and physically difficult. And with all that, um, I'm just gonna like dig a little bit now. So, I mean, what, what do people like you, you talked about the start and the rollout, but like, so you start down in Salida, you finish in Salida. There's a a neutralized rollout to help people get across the one main highway as a big lump. And then it's pretty much race on. And, and as Andrea was saying, you, with the, the distance, the climbing, the time spent above 9,000 and greater, you know, you spend a lot of time over nine, most of the time over nine. Right. Yeah. So with all that, you know, it's, that's where people start racing or racing to the bottom of their fitness, whichever comes <laughs> first. Um, so it, it, it's rarely, a, in my, in my observation, it's rarely a good idea to really pin it. Once you get past the neutral part, you actually should just ease into it, ride like you're just on a recreational ride for slow. at least till aid one, you know, I'm putting the hammer down a little bit going up the railroad grade to Alpine tunnel is, Maybe not a bad idea, but certainly not before there. That's kind of my jam is climbing like that 2% grade. So I, I lock my suspension out and stand up like I'm on the single speed and just, Mm. I mean, I blow past people. I know Brent had a really good description of how I passed him, (laughs) but there were people I was literally like, I went so slow on the Colorado trail, which is the first single track section that I 
passed people right after that, like going up towards Hancock on the railroad grade. I passed people. I finished in just over 16 hours. I passed people that finished in like 18 and 20 hours. So I don't know if they blew themselves up or if I just stayed steady or what, but you know, like that pacing on the Colorado trail is super important. The hardest part of the whole entire race is probably the first four hours, the Colorado trail. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most most technically demanding, you know, for me personally, as a rule of thumb, it's like get to aid one, which is the end of the Colorado trail feeling about as good as you possibly can, which pretty much sets you up for a pretty successful uh, finish at the end. Yeah. Yeah. If you're having a bad time by aid one, then you're, you're just, you're in a world of hurt. You should just go, go ahead and drink the tequila at aid one. (laughs) (laughs) So what is Ergon? Ergon came out last year and Jeff, let me tell you the media side of things. People that have been racing for a long time, you made them look good. <laughs> there was people that looked like like ten pounds of potatoes in a five pound right. bag, and you you made them look like it at the most five and a half or six pounds of taters in a five pound <laughs> bag. I mean, you you really worked some magic. So, what are you, what's the plan for twenty eighteen? Well, I mean, it's the plan as a whole. Like for Ergon to get involved with the Vapor Trail, like it's naturally a good fit for our brand. Like all our products as a whole basically lend itself to like, you know, Epic mountain biking and being comfortable on the bike and being comfortable on the bike for 15 to 18 hours. Um, me personally, having done the vapor trail probably five or six times now, um, like I've been through the experience of going from start to finish. And I've also been through the experience of not finishing the race. Um, so I kind of know where to be as far as like to capture those moments of of the racers, uh, you know, kind of what they're going through. Um, but as a whole, in general, like for Ergon, like what we want to do is we want to see this event technically just get better, get bigger if it can. Um, I think right now, like it's 88 people, I think is the max number of people that can sign up for it. If I recall correctly, we've honestly gotten to where we don't really have a yeah. limit. We could go to a hundred. We couldn't really manage any right. more than a hundred, but if we had a hundred people that really wanted to do it, we could allow that many. Right. I don't know if you could find a hundred people. <laughs> like if you said it's free, yeah. <laughs> you might get a hundred people. Yeah. yeah. Good point. But I mean, ultimately we want, we want a hundred people to show up. We want a hundred people to, to, to have this experience to basically, to basically have a mountain bike experience in Colorado. That's probably at its purest form, probably one of the purest forms that you can have in the United States riding in like a remote, rugged backcountry environment. Um, and with a number plate on your bike. Um, so, you know, ultimately that's the goal is to get, is to fill it. And to get people stoked on that kind of riding and our brand and our products with it. Um, maybe next year, 2018, might be the year that we actually get a maxed out field limit of 100 people. We'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully after people listen to this, they'll they'll finally get over the fear and you know send Tom an email and be like, here's my resume. This is what I've done. Put me on the list. Rebecca Rush has never done it, has she? We've been asking her to do it for years, and I'd love to She's see her even, line up. Even Rebecca Rush is scared of this race. I mean, <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, it's, 
It is tough. I mean, it's the mileage alone, whether you were riding 125 miles of gravel or doing 125 mile massive backcountry mountain bike race, either distance is super hard. But then you throw in the altitude, you throw in the 20 degree temperatures or colder that you'll see at night to then possibly the close to 70 to 80 degree temperatures you might see during the day rolling back into Salida at the end of the race. It's quite a contrast of environments that you end up having to push your body and your bike and your equipment through. Hopping back in here, just to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Health IQ. Head over to healthiq.com slash MBR. You should do that because it can save you money on life insurance. What is Health IQ? It is an insurance company that helps health conscious people like you save some money on their life insurance. So if you want to save yourself some money, be responsible and help out Mountain Bike Radio, head over to healthiq.com slash MBR. Now enjoy the rest of the conversation. Yeah, I, I've, I was telling Matt earlier today that the valley uh, on the other side of the Continental Divide, like on the, the Gunnison side where the aid station number two is at the bottom of Canyon Creek, like I'm pretty sure there's some kind of a tunnel from Antarctica to there. Just just channeling the cold air from like Arctic air into that valley because it's the coldest place in the world. Hmm. Yeah. Some years more so than others. Quick correction, fact check. There's not actually a tunnel to Antarctica. <laughs> I just want to confirm that. It's a, it we're being silly. Yeah, yeah. Matt Matt told me how wrong I was and how yeah. like if there was a tunnel, it would actually heat the air up. And I was and I was like, You're a jerk. Let me have my, my dreams, okay. He's right though about tunnels there. It's like a one hour. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you said send your email to Tom. Tom, what does someone have to do to register? So I see on the page it's 150 bucks. I'm sure if I mail you a hundred and fifty dollar check, you'll deposit it to Salida Mountain Trails. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm in though, huh? <laughs> No, we don't cash checks unless we let you in. No, send me send me your resume if I have never met you before. I'll look it over. I'll, I'm usually pretty nice. I he did ask down, me the first nice. year that I did it. He's like, I see that you've never competed in any 24-hour races. Do you have <laughs> night riding experience? And I'm like, I'm like, mofo, you know why I'm entering this race. Come on now. <laughs> so... It's it's not just a pay to play thing. You have to actually qualify, but not in the sense of a qualifying event. You have to qualify through life experience. Um, we had a, a customer in a while back, and he was saying he really wanted to do it, and he was like, "Well, I've never." And he was like, suddenly saying like how bad of a bike rider he was. I've never done any races that long. I've never. I've, uh, uh, and then we were like, well, what makes you really want to do this? He's like, well, I've ran a few hundred mile runs. And I'm like, well, you're fine. Like, you've <laughs> been to some dark places. You're you're probably fine. You know about the pain. You've cave. been into the yeah. abyss. You'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it, you, you have to qualify by experience. Um, I mean, what else about the event, though? I've, I had a mean hamburger afterwards. I didn't even race, like. The how many eight stations total? Uh, yeah. five. I mean, you visit the Marshall Pass one twice. I think yeah. that and one's they have number donuts four. At Marshall Pass. Yeah, 
I just want to let everyone know there are donuts at Marshall Pass. That's very yeah. important. And the fifth one, the fifth aid station's actually gotten to be kind of a gourmet deal. They have rice balls and yeah. all kinds of kind of high tech stuff. Do we want to talk at all about the history? Because Tom started to get into the history of Vapor Trail, uh, like race director swapping and whatnot. Uh, and we told him to hold, wait, keep the stories for later. Yes. Please tell stories, Tom. So, Tom, why are you not the race director for all? Now it will be 14 in 2018 uh, Vapor Trails. I'm lazy. <laughs> don't really want to do all of it and and earl started doing it i was working uh i went back to programming in order to make a fair living for a couple of years and during those years earl came to work at the shop and he had an interest so he took okay. a very important role but you were not the first race director were you no andrew Massesson created the event he is uh now a pro trail builder he's got his own uh, company. He he's uh, he's an artist. He he makes great makes great trails. He really does. Um, but he was the mad scientist who created the idea for an event that started at midnight. The first course was really terrible compared to our. Course. Didn't it go down Agate the Agate Creek Trail? It did. It went down Agate the first year. It went down all the way down Agate, and you went all the way back to Sargent's on the highway, and then we had a highway crossing, and you went all the way up the Marshall Pass Road, which you, if you've ever ridden it all yes. the way from Highway 50, it's terrible. It's just It is a forever. long road, and it's warm down there, too. Yeah, it can be that pretty warm. That side of the canyon's warm. It doesn't have the Arctic Circle Tunnel yeah. um, pumping the air into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we charged quite a bit for it the first year and we had, you know, we had the, the county EMTs in their trucks idling all night, ready for tragedy. I mean, it was just such a overkill type of a deal. And I think we had 22 or 25 racers or something. And, and then the second year, Andrew just didn't really want to do it anymore. And we pretty much declared that it was over. We weren't doing it. And then sometime around, I don't know, sometime in July, we were just talking to Forrest, and they are like, well, you know, you have your permit. <laughs> you can put on the event if you want to. You don't have to charge for it or whatever. So we just put it on. We're like, yeah, show up. I think we had seven people. So that seven year. people year two. Yeah, 2006. What was the worst weather year of all the years? Oh, that would be 2009. Yeah, that would be the year that we, we had to put it back. We had to push it back in, uh, two hours to midnight. So, yeah, Andrew had started it as a starts at midnight event, and we changed it to 10 p.m. after, I think, a couple years. But uh, we had to push the start back. There was thunder and lightning and hail, and the street was just running full of water. And, you know, and all the racers are wandering around. They were ready to go, you know. 10, 10 p.m. came, and it was, like, biblical. It was just pounding with rain. Well, yeah, like the people that enter, the type of people that are like, well, I guess I'm going to put my rain clothes on and do a bike race. Yeah, yeah. And my girlfriend at the time, we were, I was, I was over at her house just down the street, down Sackett, and I was putting my shit on, and it was, you know, it was raining. Holy God! She said, "Are you going to go?" And I kind of got confused for a second, and I looked at her and said, "I guess if everybody else does, <laughs> you know, it was like going to be a total peer pressure thing, even though it's a terrible idea." 
but yeah, we put it off for two hours. We cut out Canyon Creek. Um, we cut out the starvation loop, made it, um, like 15 miles shorter, 16 miles. It was a one Oh nine. Can you can tell me later. I just, you just, we just went down to Michi oh, pass, yeah, which is sense. terrible. Yeah. That takes forever. That's, that's actually really heinous. Um, and then instead of, yeah. And then we just cut out the starvation Creek loop, but, uh, oh, that's all right. Yeah. It's probably the easiest year then. Yeah, actually it, it wasn't. I mean, a lot of people, I, I got hideously behind. I actually raced that year. I got hideously behind. Every, we, we got to the point where, you know, the, the neutral part is over. Everybody took off and I was soaking wet. I took <laughs> off a layer of clothes because I was way overdressed and everybody was gone, you know. And then I saw him just kind of grinding along all by myself, dead last. And after a while, I started seeing headlights. Then I saw people coming back down and they were going out past me. And I thought, isn't this odd, you know? And then I started to ride up into the rain and there were big drops falling into the dust. And and then it started raining pretty hard. And, you know, people in the tens went by me, leaving, you know, ending their race. And uh, and I just kept going because I had, I had had a Red Bull. And I concluded, <laughs> I'm not going to go to sleep if I go home. I'm comfortable right now. I know three or four different ways to bail down off the trail if it gets really heinous. And as long as I'm not uncomfortable, I'm just going to keep going. And so I was like one of 10 people or something that finished that year. It was beautiful too. After that, after the like rain after stopped, the rain passed, it, it was, was beautiful. Like, just gorgeous. Yeah. So, yeah, I I did the full race director thing from 07 through 10. And then I wound up back in a uh, grown-up job. Just didn't have it. And I always was their typist after that. So, kind of settled into that. Everyone looks forward to the Tom Purvis emails. <laughs> yep, for sure. Even though I'm not going to race this year, I still want to be on the mailing list so I can just pretend and get the emails. I will. Why aren't you racing? I just had such a good race uh, last year, and this year I'm just not really like prioritizing racing. And Matt wants to do it, right. so I told him I'd be his race support if uh, if he's doing it. And yeah, <laughs> that's it. Just, just, just. I, I'm, I'm going for it. It's gonna. I'm pretty nervous. He's just like he just what it takes, he man. just got a nervous look like he's like oh gosh I, I hold on I gotta go to the bathroom. Tell you get hooked on it. You just sign up once and then you're in. Yeah, it's and then you're in again and then you're in again. It's not like Pretty anything much the, else. The people that have done it like a lot of times end up like we just get their check in the mail at the bike shop. Like they don't even <laughs> send in like the required entry material other than money. Like they're just like here, take my money. F you, I'm doing it. Right. Yep. Like, yeah. Yep, that's right. Give me a number plate. So what was Jeff's best vapor story? My best vapor story? Wow. Um, I mean, I think I was involved in that year that Tom was just talking about with the snow. Um, I did not finish. I pulled the plug at aid one. Um, I've had experiences where I was basically throwing up on myself, hike a biking up Canyon Creek. Um, 
fro- you know, fingers frozen as solid, you know, as hard as rocks because they're so cold from coming down Canyon Creek. Um, and then on the flip side of it, I've had like almost perfectly executed events there, you know, been fortunate enough to have been the fastest guy on one of the occasions, you know, and had a top three or top five, you know, it's some days it's really good out there. And in other days, the course basically just chews you up, spits you out, steps on you (laughs) then backs over you with its car. Just constantly, just like, just when you think it can't get any worse, it gets worse. But also on the flip side of it, when it's good, it's really, 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 really amazing. So pretty much, you're either going to have a really good time or a really so, hard time. You're going to have a lot of type two fun. Really bad time. <laughs> yeah. I think the people that do well at an event like the Vapor Trails, they go into it with an open mind. Like, even though it is quote unquote a race, it's like if you go into it with a non-racing mentality, you end up doing better. The times, personally speaking, the times that I've gone into it being like, oh, I'm going to do it this fast this year. I'm going to, you know, pull out all the stops and go as hard as I can. Those are the years that it's been bad. Um, the years it's been good, it's like you just kind of ease yourself, you, you ease your way into it, you know, and take the punches as they come and you deal with it and then everything yeah, plays that's, out. I mean, nice that's basically, that's, I can definitely uh, give you scientific evidence to prove that attitude, like both of those and how they turn out. You can just look at the results for 2017 and see that. And what, what I'm, I'm just at a loss. Like what would be so, or no, not at a loss. Like I knew what I was going to say. And I just, I was like looking at all the results and I saw a name. I didn't know it done it. So I was really like temporarily, like my brain got nuked. Um, <laughs> uh, Andrea has often said, it's one of the only events that you should feel good about. Like if your goal is to finish, you're still setting a hard goal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there are definitely. It's a big day. Yeah, like there are some races out there where it's like, I just want to finish this race. It's like, oh, you're just like a bucket lister. Like, I don't mean <laughs> that in like a derogatory term, but you know, there are some races out there where you can just go as slow as possible and you're going to finish and you're going to have a good time and like party at the aid stations and whatever. And it's going to be hard. Like, it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. But this is one where people who are, um, the person Matt was just looking at was Carrie Lowry. Like, so she and I raced a bunch against each other in the South and I've never beaten her. Like I've never raced head to head with Carrie and beaten her. She's always been faster than me. She's a little older, a little tougher, you know, she's like a hundred pounds. So she goes uphill like nobody's business and Moy Rapido. Yeah. Like all the time. Like if Carrie's there, it's like, I mean, I'm going to try and catch her, but I'm not going to like try and like follow her, like her wheel exactly, you know? And just the fact that like, even for someone like her to be like, Hey, I went to vapor trail and I finished. That's really good. Like, that's awesome. Like it's, it's good. You know, I didn't even look at her time. Like, I don't know if I, (laughs) <laughs> and that's that's the thing it's like you can't look at times yeah you know, it's like times are going to vary from year to year based on conditions and you know certain years of course is like i think the last time i did it a couple of years ago like the course is like riding on marbles it was so loose and slippery i think josh does start like crash and broke yeah. ribs yeah, yeah. finish i mean it's just like yeah you're, it's like you would break 
but your tires, you just keep moving. Your tires are just lock up instantly. And all the hike bikes were so blown out. It was like it took twice as long to get up, you know, to the top of Canyon Creek and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember that year. Like everybody crashed on the Colorado Trail piece at the beginning. Well, is there anything else we need to add? I think we've either, there's only two types of people that are listening right now. I think people are either like drooling on themselves or they peed their pants. <laughs> you know, I think everyone has has had a uh, a loss of fluids. You know, I just don't know if they've drooled over the event or they've peed themselves thinking I'm not down for that. Well, Jeff, Jeff has done this more than me. So how about he talk about bike setup? Or if I disagree with him, I'm going to be like, no, you're wrong. This is my bike setup yeah. that I like. Uh, Rigid. One by two. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I've done it both ways. I've done it on a you know hundred mil full suspension, and also a hundred mil hardtail twenty niners. Um, I think the f- fastest time I've done was on was on a hardtail, but I definitely wouldn't say that this race is a hardtail race course. Um, if you want to enjoy it and you want to be comfortable, show up on a fully, show up with a dropper post, put a feed box on the front of your bike that you can put food in. Um, Probably one of the bigger, mis- biggest mistakes that I see or I kind of shake my head at every year when I show up to the line is you get a lot of people that are that are bringing the kitchen sink with them to go out and do this this bike ride. Um, you can kind of – because the aid stations are roughly between three and five hours apart, you can basically race from aid station to aid station. Um, so – you know, you might be able to get by with like three water bottles instead of carrying a huge camel back. Um, you can wear a bunch of different layers instead of having to carry a camel back or with, you know, five different jackets in it and five different pairs of gloves and things along those lines. Um, but overall in general, as far as like showing up with a bike, it's like a trail bike's not a bad choice. Like I think guys like Josh Ostato and stuff are showing up like on a one twenty you know, Santa Cruz, um, you know, 2.3, 2.4 tires, um, with some, with a burly casing and, you know, dropper posts, like I said, and a very, a very climbing friendly gear. So if you're on like a one by 11, one by 12, you know, running like a 28 front chain ring or a 30 front chain ring in conjunction with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. The only place you're ever going to not like a small front chain ring is maybe as you're finished. Yeah. Like the last 10 miles, but like, <laughs> I don't know. It's not even really that bad. Like it's, you're just, you're done at that point. And it's like, Oh, well I can't go a mile an hour faster. I'm still going. So you're saying don't show up like it's the Eagle cross country race yeah. and have on a skin suit and two bottles. No, not advised. I mean, you could probably get partway through it, but You'd get pretty cold. That's for damn sure. You could just wear a thermal skin there suit. There you go. <laughs> 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 or your cyclocross skin suit. I'm, I'm just just totally kidding. Um, I would say like there are a few really really like small but significant comfort items that you can pack in a drop bag that you'll have at Monarch Pass. Um, for me, that was a dry pair of socks because your feet get wet somewhere on the Colorado trail and then they stay wet because you have a few small Creek crossings, but it's enough to keep your feet down. 
Um, so a dry pair of socks and a helmet without your light on it or just somewhere to like dump your light. Like I, I went lighter helmet and it made my head feel wonderful. Um, you change shoes and socks. Yeah, I change shoes. I don't think the shoe thing is totally necessary. I have a pair of like the Shimano Enduro shoes that are easier to hike a bike in. And so I wore those for the first, like the race up until Monarch Pass and then put some stiffer, not necessarily stiffer. Like they don't, the stiffness doesn't feel different. It's just, they're a little smaller and the sole is, um, I don't know. It's just knobbier. So, you know, they're just, they're easier to hike a bike in, but I just put different shoes on and I don't, I don't think that's going to be necessary for everybody, but you'll figure out if you train, right, you'll figure out what you like to hike a bike in. Um, yeah, I, I think the dry socks and the lightweight helmet were the two key things for me. And I had, I had soaked a camp towel in water with a couple of drops of tea tree oil and I wiped my face off with that and it felt amazing. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of people last year that changed their socks out at Monarch when I was there taking pictures. Um, yeah. which is something I had, I didn't realize people did because I think it's worth the extra like two minutes it takes. Like it felt so good. It was like having hugs on my feet. (laughs) Well, you definitely want to be comfortable. I mean, it's, it's definitely a key to success is being in pain anywhere. For me, it was like one of those things where the race is so long. It takes everybody so many hours. Like it's not going to be decided by the two minutes it takes to make myself a little bit more comfortable for that last like four or five hours of the race. So true. You know, if it was a cross country race and like there was, you know, one, like every half lap I was trying to change socks, like you'd be like, what the, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing that? But you know, it's, it's not that. All right. Dry socks, burly bikes. Yeah. Burly bikes, I, I think burly any, tires. Yeah. Anything like from the, the 120 to 130 travel 29er and 27.5 bike and, and down are going to be the right choice for you. Just whatever you have and want to train on. And a dropper post. Yeah, the dropper post is great because, like I said, you go down you go down Canyon Creek when you're tired, and even if you can do it in the daylight, fresh without a dropper post, like you're going to appreciate that dropper post when it's five in the morning and you've been riding for many hours. Yeah, and I'll even raise my hand to say bar ends. Yeah, is a comfort is leverage and a comfort feature, but that's that's just me. Bar ends are not a crime. Yeah. I'm not going to fight anybody on that. It makes a huge, it makes a huge difference when you got to settle in going up Monarch pass or when you have to settle in going up, uh, the old railroad grade up to the Alpine tunnel. Is it, isn't it funny how we have to defend ourselves? Reducing <laughs> I, bar ends? I mean, geez, 30 years ago, they were all the thing. They were great. And yeah. never apologized for them. Oh, we have stickers. <laughs> yes. Everybody who enters Vapor Trail, we could send them a bar ends or not a crime sticker or just let them pick one up when they come to uh, register. That'd be the swag this year. You register for the race, you get bar ends. We're going to bring it back. Wait, does Topeak make bar ends? Uh, Ergon does. Oh, oh yeah, man. There's, they're actually, yeah. I have those on my single speed. They're awesome. You know what? I have, those, I have those on my bike. I was, I don't know. You like, even use those. Like, I you know. You have a bike with those on them. <laughs> I have a bike in the mail or not in the mail. I have a bike that's on order that I need to buy another pair for. And like, I just didn't even, I was thinking like, oh man. I actually have two bikes with those on them. Those are awesome. They're perfect. Like they're, they're stubby and they have just enough curve to them that they don't 
hook stuff. Like they actually right. kind of shield your hands from things occasionally. Like I've, I've knocked the outside of the Ergon bar end on like stump, like trees and stuff. And it, I've been like, man, I, I would have just kind of like scuffed my hand up a little bit there, but instead yeah. I had these wonderful bar ends. That's probably enough. Like we've talked so much about the race that now we're just talking about how good bar ends just are. Talking about bar end. That's awesome. So maybe the last little tidbit that I can plug is if you fly into Denver, there is a, a commercial shuttle from Denver to Salida. So you could race vapor trail without a car. Right. And you, you won't can, need a car once you get there. That's for sure. Yeah, oh, Salida yeah. is a tiny little mountain town and it's, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest place on earth. And the Safeway is worth the visit alone. <laughs> <laughs> Go for the experience, oh, not the groceries. We have such a terrible Safeway. Terrible so, uh, yeah, you can fly into Denver and travel down via the shuttle. And then, yeah, like Jeff said, once you're in town, you don't need a car. So don't let that part of the expense hold you up. And we have we have cable locks at the bike shop. So if you bring, like, you, all you have is your race bike and you want to ride it around town, um, you could get a lock if you really you need one or a town one, bike yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, you could rent a town bike for a day for like 10 bucks a day. Vapor racer. You could ride my shit bike. I've got a shit bike. Cool. And if it gets stolen, like that person probably needed it more than I do. <laughs> it literally has a sticker on the top tube that says shit bike. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So Vapor Trail 125. If you want to learn more about the event, you can go to vaportrail125.com you can learn all about it if you want to register you can go there and you can contact us and that takes you to tom's email i'm assuming it's contact at vaportrail125.com i believe or maybe it's contact at tom what's your personal cell phone number um (laughs) we can just put that on the air and people can call you about it 661-661-6661 Perfect. <laughs> <Rowl>. <laughs> All right. Well, that's not really my. That, yeah. Don't don't call that number. If that's actually <laughs> someone's number, we apologize. <laughs> um, the race is in September. Well, Jeff, is there anything that. Oh, yeah. September 9th. <laughs> yeah. No, September 8th. It's usually the first It is the Saturday after, after Labor Day Monday. So five days after Labor Day Monday. Yeah. Oh, September no. 8th and 9th. And I'll add too, if anybody has if anybody has any questions about this event, like they can get a hold of me through like Facebook or whatever. People have done that in the past and it's like I'm not one to hold back secrets. Like if they want gear advice, no. if they want pacing advice, whatever, it's just like I'll spill the beans. The idea is to get people from start nice. to the from start to finish and have an awesome time doing I, it. I think it's one of those events where it on some level for everyone who does it it changes who you are. At least the first time you do it, it changes who you are as a person, even if it's just a tiny bit. And I think that everyone who's ever done it wants other people to have that experience and is willing to help them with all of the, the tips and tricks and secrets and all of those things. And, you know, if, if anyone's in Salida, I'd be happy to take you on pre-rides. I'd be happy to give you, I did a ride that was not necessarily a vapor trail ride, but I felt like was difficult enough that it was really good preparation. Um, you know, if you want training advice in small chunks, uh, gear advice, I think Jeff and I and Tom would all be willing to help you out. The event staff has always wanted people to succeed. We've always wanted to see everybody who wants to finish it, finish it. 
And so, yeah, I think that that's, that's absolutely true. I couldn't agree more. All right. And there's a Facebook page for the event. So watch that. See if there's anything cool that happens this year. You might figure out a way to get here. Who knows? <laughs> there's, yeah. there's things and stuff. There's things. Ergon likes to do things. We did things last year for two people. We might do two th- We might do that again this year. We have to figure that, that, that out. That was yet. cool. I thought that I think those people, both the man and the woman had a great time. It was awesome. Give it we a should do a follow with them to see if they actually enjoyed themselves. <laughs> <laughs> we can see if their lives changed a little bit. Did you go home and burn everything Ergon you own? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're just enabling, giving them a chance. Come on now. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, cool, guys. If there's nothing else, I think that's it. I think we told everyone they could need to know to be both excited and or scared or healthily scared, excited, whatever you want to call it. Scare-sighted. <laughs> Scare-sighted. Uh, anything from you, Tom? Nope. No, I think we covered it. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. This was a uh, more of a collection of friends than your normal MBRN because we all know each other pretty well. So uh, if you have any questions, let us know. We're happy to either answer them ourselves or we'll get you in touch with the right person. Or um, just mock you on air without answering any questions. Or all of the above. So um, yeah, let us know if you're interested. If you want to come down and do some pre-riding, we can show you around. And uh, if you find yourself in Salida, come see us. We're, we're happy to chat with you about it. Anything else? Is that it? That's it. All right. Well, thanks again. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. There's some shit coming out of your great pads.